Welcome to Totally Tel Aviv, presented by Citizen Cafe, where we take you inside the lives of Tel Avivians from all walks of life. Now here's your host, Josh Hoffman. Hello and welcome inside our studios here at Mindspace for another episode of Totally Tel Aviv, presented by Citizen Cafe. I'm your host, Josh Hoffman. Thanks for tuning in. You're going to be glad you did, because today we are joined in studio by Jesse Katz. Hi. Please, please, you're far too kind. Okay, so you're like a modern day Renaissance woman. I mean, you do so, <laughs> I like, how do you have, a, I mean, so I just want to like run down all the different okay. things that you've done, that you're doing, and that you're planning on doing. Okay. All right. So first and foremost, you uh-huh. moved to Tel Aviv from New York right. about six years ago. Yes. We'll talk a lot more about that. Sure. All right. You're a singer. Right. You're a voiceover recording artist. Mm-hmm. You design jewelry. Mm-hmm. Can you show Facebook? We're also on Facebook Live. Can you show Facebook Live the beautiful can jewelry? See? I don't know if they can see it. Then get in there. They're called, actually, they're called slave bracelets. It's the ones that attach from your wrist to your finger. Amazing. I like to call them freedom bracelets. Can guys wear that people, too? People lately, men have been asking me if guys can wear that. It started with my father, but then it actually trans, you know, it transitioned into normal people asking me that too. And I mean, yeah, you can. I don't know if it'll look good, but I'm willing to try to make one. All right, we'll get more into the jewelry because <laughs> sure. I definitely want to hear about that. No, I'm interested, and also maybe for like my future girlfriend. Yeah. So like, we'll talk about that. All right, you're an event host. Uh huh. You were on The Voice in Israel. Right. Uh, what else? You're also kind of a comedian. I didn't know uh, that, like a low-key comedian. I don't know if I can accept that title. It's well, I want to play something real quick, and then let's let, let's let the audience determine for themselves if they think you're a comedian here. Listen uh. to this. So I was recently having a conversation with a friend of mine from New York. New Yorkers always ask me, Oh my God, what's it like living in Tel Aviv? What's it like living in Israel? Oh, because that's how New Yorkers talk. <laughs> Isn't it a total war zone? Yeah, it's a total war zone. Oh my God, is it so scary? Are there like missiles flying over your head all the time? Missiles? What missiles? No! But have you tried going to the supermarket? Going to the bank? Have you tried going to the post office? Have you tried designing a chandelier? My father and I walked into a chandelier store one time. One second, I'm busy. My dad looks at me and goes, Jesse, take care of this, please. Walked out. So now it's me. He goes, yes, yes, I help you. What do you want? I said, I need that chandelier, the one with the 90 different balls in the different colors and sizes and different lengths. You want, you design it, I give you less price. Up to you, but don't blaming me if something goes wrong. Okay, I won't blaming you if something goes wrong. So I sit there with him and his balls, two hours, designing the chandelier with large balls and small balls and medium balls and white balls, yellow balls and clear balls. So many balls. I never want to see balls again in my life. My father's probably happy to hear that. <laughs> I finally get all my balls together. The apartment's in Jerusalem, so I gotta take it over there. All I have to do is install it, so I get my guys. Come on, Yoav, Yocha, Yoram, Yossi, Yotam. Got all my Yos together. And I'm like, guys, it's gonna be great. Are you guys ready? They go, I am your soldier, whatever you want. Fabulous. Okay, here's how it's gonna work. I'll hold the balls, you screw. I'll hold the balls, you screw. I'll, I'll hold the balls, you screw. Classic. Classic. Does it, so, does, does it go over through podcasts? Like, can people hear absolutely. my facial expression? Well, the good thing about podcasting, unlike Facebook Live, is that we can edit oh, and this, that, and the other. Right. Okay, good. So, can you edit my face into a podcast? Not your face, but we can edit. So I, so I want to talk to you about the voiceover recording okay. part of your life. Yes. I heard you do some really funny voices. I When I have to, I do. We've done a lot of... Um, I've I've done some serious shows. Like there's always the occasional the occasional show you get from like uh, Iran. I think it's in Farsi. We have to do it into English, and it's always like really dramatic. And I was like, Oh my God, what have you done? What have you done? 
Or then there's, we got one from uh, Korea. It's called Mini Force. Um, if you look at the, in, on YouTube, they like all the newer episodes, all the ones that, that have been released like in the past three months. Those are the ones that we did about half a year ago. And it's these little like cartoon characters. It's like some kind of mix, mashup between uh, Power Rangers and um, Transformers. They start out these little, little cute, like, um, what do you call them? Those little, the uh, anime? Right. I almost called them emojis. Little cute <laughs> anime, like, they're just adorable. And then they turn to these, like, crazy power, like, tr not trucks, like robots. And then after the robots, they even turn into these, like, power machine, like, giant destructos. Um, so I had to do the voice for three different characters, all the same character, just her, in her three different stages. What was the voice? So two of the, two of the voices, basically just me screaming. It's a lot of like fighting. So it's a lot of like, hey, yeah, hey, yeah, or just screaming. And then there's the little one and hopefully I'm able to do it because I woke up an hour ago, but it's a lot of like, oh my God, what are you going to do? Or like, uh, oh, what's his name? Volt. There's one character named Volt that they're always fighting with. Volt, stop eating all the cake. It's for Lucy. Stuff like how that. How do you like, like hold like you have to like you have to suck in right when you're like making that voice? Like how do you like breathe? It's no, it's just about where you speak from. I think a lot of it's like if you if you're gonna speak with a loud voice, I don't really know how to explain what I do, but a lot of it's just using like your entire you know in Hebrew it's called a minad, but it's like you're using your whole range. You're opening up, and then if I want to make it a small voice. A lot of it's also like it'll go through my nose. I'm like, oh my god, what's happening? Oh my god. It's a lot of like, uh, you kind of like close up your throat a little bit or make it kind of like a little bit of a smaller passage so you get just the higher. So I'm wondering, I mean, you do so much, so, so <laughs> much. And you're also going to tell us about a few projects you're working on. Yeah. How do you have enough time in the day for everything? And also to have a social life and maybe a love life. And I know your parents, I think, live here as well. So how do you? Oh, my parents you... live in the States. Oh, they live in the States. Yeah. I thought they moved to Jerusalem. No, they, they just built a place in Jerusalem. Okay. They then just they just the left it there. Okay. <laughs> Back to New York. So how do you have enough time in the day for all the things you do and that you want to do? Um, good question. I don't always. Which is why I've been using, like, I, I have this, like, little toothpaste that I really don't like. But it's my emergency toothpaste for in case I don't get around to buying toothpaste. I'm down to my emergency, like, last, like, roll on like the Like the emergency toothpaste. of the emergency of the emergency. Yes. So there, that's that's how you know how much time I have. Uh, in so my you day. don't always brush your teeth. Is that what we're trying to? No, get I definitely to? brush should, my teeth. Should I take a step? <laughs> definitely brush my teeth, just not with my favorite um, toothpaste, which is sad. But no, I mean, uh, I don't really have a love life, so there's that. Uh, social life, I have. Are a lot you of Are telling friends. Facebook Live that you're single right now? I, I am single. Because you know it's gonna happen. <laughs> Actually, they just added me to some group like Most Wanted Singles in Tel Aviv. Really? Which made me feel really flattered. But I was like, how? who decided that I'm most wanted? Like, how do you know if I'm most wanted? Maybe only one person thinks I'm most wanted and everyone else is like, nah, pass. I think that's a good problem to have. That I, well, also, here's the thing is I don't like to put myself out there. <laughs> hey, bye, I'm single, by the way, but I don't like <laughs> to put myself out there publicly. <laughs> no, I just, it's it gets like awkward when you like are announcing to the world like oh i'm i'm so single and then either you get like you know a, a couple i think you're the luckiest like the best situation is if you get like a couple stragglers here and there and then you can kind of like give each one your attention and then you can be positive that he's not the person for you 
But if you get like an influx, like have you ever taken a girl's Tinder and swiped right for every single person? I'm not on Tinder. No, have you ever taken a girl's Tinder? Like taken oh, like, no, no, some no. girl's phone no, I haven't. and just swiped right for everyone? I have not. Okay. You'll, like, she'll hate you forever if you do that. One of my friends did that one time. Because there are just, you have the entire world of singles on Tinder, except for you. And me. Obviously. Wait, so, okay. <laughs> I didn't plan to ask you this. Yes. But I think there's a lot of women out there who are curious, especially, like, newcomers to Israel, to Tel Aviv. Right. Like, give us, like, the 60-second biggest differences between dating an American guy and dating an Israeli guy. I, don't, it, I can't just, it's not just 60 seconds. Dating an American guy and dating an Israeli guy is like, it's like, Shamayim it's like, it's a world apart. Dating an American guy, it's like, first of all, it starts out a lot more boring, I hate to say. With the Americans? Yes. Okay. It just, it's, there's, you don't have the, the, like the, the spice in the beginning. The spice comes later, once you get to know each other. American guys, I think, are a little more shy. Um, so it always, but it's always nice because then the American guy's always a lot more polite. And for women who are looking, or girls, I don't know, who are looking to date guys that are, you know, super chivalrous and they'll take you to dinner, or they'll take you to drinks and they'll pull out your chair, American guys are it. And then for all the girls who are like, why would I want an American guy when I could just have an Israeli guy that I can cook for a clean for? Just kidding. <laughs> no, but there's, there's a lot of, there's a huge difference. I think that the Israeli guys are a lot more ballsy. A lot of them will just come right out. And it's something that we're, Americans aren't used to. So when we're sitting at a bar and a guy walks over and like smacks his hand down on the table and he goes, I think you are beautiful. I want to take you for a date right now. You're like in shock. You almost don't know what to do. You're like, and especially if he's somewhat attractive, then that chutzpah just made him a hundred times more attractive. So you're a lot more likely to go on a date with him. Whereas if you get an American guy who comes over, he goes, hi, I just have to tell you, I, I've been watching you from across the room and I think you're really beautiful and I would love to maybe see if I could have your number. But they're, they don't always approach with like a confidence exuding. So you kind of are like, well, I, I have the option to say no here. And since you're aware of your option to say no, sometimes you say no. With Israelis, you don't feel like you always have the option. I want to take you now on a date. Now we are going. Goodbye. Say your friends goodbye. And you almost feel like you're like, well, okay, I guess this is it then. <laughs> I guess I'm going. You told me I'm going. It's going to happen. Okay, I want to go back to the skit that I played a few minutes ago. <laughs> the Yo Yossi and the Jonathan and the uh, Yuva. Are those all your ex-boyfriends, by the way? No. Okay, I'm just kidding. Um, so, and I know you've done a few other uh, skits like this that you've put on Facebook. Um, something about the nipples you told me about before the show, which I haven't seen. But I want to know, like, when you're, are you writing these? Are you just, like, going out there and just whatever's on your mind, you say it? Like, how does that, how does it's, that work? I, it's, it's funny because you called me a comedian, but I have to say that I could only ever be a comedian if I had somebody writing my, uh, just writing my jokes for me. Because what I love to do is I love to deliver. I, I'm a performing artist. Um, so I like, I could write my own jokes, but the beauty of, those videos is that I wake up in the morning, if I have something on my mind, I'll just record like a five-minute rant that I'm literally just talking to my phone as if it's my mother. Like, mom, guess what just happened to me today? And I just go off on this rant. And then I go into, <clears throat> excuse me, then I go into iMovie on my phone and I just edit the whole thing. And the editing is what makes it funny, the editing process. If you saw the original video, you'd just be like, that's a story. That's like cute. 
she's funny. But you wouldn't be like, oh, that's haha. You'd be like, okay, she's got something to say. So you're funny, you shoot, you edit, you perform, voiceovers, you sing. We haven't talked about that. I've right. seen you perform in Tel Aviv. You're magnificent. <laughs> Thank you. Um, what, what's like the one thing that you're most excited about of all the performing arts that you do? Like, what's that one thing that if I told you you could do this for the rest of your, of your life and never have to worry about money or never have to worry about opportunity or never have to worry about where you're going to live, but you can live where you want and do what you want, but what's that one thing that you would be doing? Does it have to be one thing exclusively? I'll give you one and a half. Okay. Singing and acting. So talk to us about singing, because like I said, I've seen you perform in Tel Aviv. Right. Um, how did you get into singing? Were you doing it before you moved to Israel? What's it like to perform in Israel as a foreigner? Like, break it down for us. Okay. So, I was singing a little bit in New York. Uh, I never studied music or anything. Um, I was singing just back up for my friend here and there. It was nice. It was fun. Moved here. Decided I was going to try to sing. But it took me a while to get there because I had a whole problem with my voice when I moved here for about a year and a half. Um, then I actually started dating a musician. And he was like, if you love singing so much, why aren't you singing? And I was like, well, I had this problem with my voice and I'm shy. And he was like, as I mentioned with the Israeli dating, he's like, no, you're going to go sing. You're going to be a singer now. I was like, well, I'm so glad I have you to tell me what to be. So literally he pushed me on stage. I got on stage, started singing. And that was the end of it. From there, it turned into me. Just, it was like an open mic night. I was there for about two months. And then I just got my first show at the Jessica Restro Bar, which is ironic funny, and ironic. Yeah, Jessica at the Jessica, and it was the Jessica Rabbit show. So Jessica playing Jessica at the Jessica. That's where I saw you, by the way. Oh, I mean, really? This was like two years ago. It must have been more than, I think, more than two years ago. Maybe three. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. It was a while ago, but it was fun. We did it for like a year and a half. And then after that, I ended up doing The Voice. Uh, that was fun. And now, uh, and now it's just a whole bunch of stuff. I do... Um, I recorded, I write my own music also, uh, but that's kind of moving a little slower. And I did release an EP of, okay, fine, that was a lie. It's not really moving slower. It's actually done. I released a five song EP. EP is like a mini album, extended play, I think is what it's called. Um, it's on iTunes. It's also on Spotify and Google Play and Pandora and all those amazing sites that you can't get here in Israel. What's the name of it so people can look for it? Oh, it's called, it's just my name, Jesse Katz. At the, Album's called Yashika. It's what my dad, like, calls me. It's, like, my nickname. Um, it's five songs. It's electronic. I didn't tell anyone that I released it. So, technically, you and the listeners and the Facebook viewers, you guys are all the first to, like, You heard it here first. Know. You heard it here first. I mean, first. my parents know. My A couple of my friends know. I think some of my closest friends, if they're watching this. If anyone's watching this, which I assume maybe some people are. We have maybe. two whole viewers right oh now. Oh, my God. Uh, no, but if anyone's watching or listening, and if any of those people know me or are my friends, so I apologize for not telling you that I released the music. <laughs> I just I apologize also for not telling you that I was even recording the music. I just was super, like, private about the whole thing because I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. I still don't know, which is I recorded it, like, a, I released it a couple months ago. Congratulations. Didn't put it on Facebook, didn't tell anyone. Mazalto. Thank you. Um, so just besides that, like yesterday we did a show, uh, a cover show at one of my best friends, uh, she's getting married tomorrow. So we did her wedding dinner last night. Wow. Um, we do a lot of festivals on September 14th. We're going to be doing Oktoberfest in Rehovot. And then in, wow, I want to say October 9th. 
yes, October 9th, I think, we'll be doing Oktoberfest in Herzliya. I believe it's the 9th. It's a Thursday, maybe. It's a huge event. It's like thousands, I think 10, 14,000 people, something like that. It's crazy. You should come. It's fun. Awesome. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a lot of shows. I, I, I honestly have no idea what to like tell you in terms of what I do. When people ask me what I do, I always tell them it's a loaded question. I was like, that's a, that's a really complicated, confusing, and loaded question. And they look at me like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry for asking a really simple question that to you is super complicated. Um, but yeah, it's like, I just have fun. What part of Tel Aviv, whether it's the vibe, the ambiance, the kind of entrepreneurial, energetic spirit of the city, took you to the next level in your performing career? Because it seems to me, I mean... If, if I look at the timeline of your life, which I don't know that much about, but in the last, like, let's just say 10 years of yeah. high school plays and the acapella group, and then now you're on The Voice in Israel, and you're performing at bars, and you're doing Oktoberfest, and you're a host, and you're, you have a, also you, you, a co-host in a radio show oh, right, yeah. in Israel. It seems to me like your career really took off when you moved to Tel Aviv about six years ago. Yeah. What role do you think that played in the trajectory of your career in terms of, like, really being serious about this and wanting to pursue this as a career profession, et cetera, et cetera. It's funny. It's good that you asked that question because really it's Israel, like in Israel in general, is a place that it's a, it's a super challenging place to live. Everything about it is challenging. It sounds like it's a bad thing to say that I'm saying, but I was thinking about this on my walk here. I walked here. It's about 45 minute walk because I had a lot to think about. Um, I was really thinking about it because I thought to myself, who could move here? at like a later age in life, like at, at, at 50, if you move here, you have to be so malleable. You have to be so just like go with the flow and, and, and know how to adapt because what I love about Israel, Tel Aviv also, but Israel as a whole is that it is such a challenging place to live that when you come here, you are learning life. Like I, when I was in the States, what I knew about music and acting is that you go to auditions, you get jobs, you get paid, and then maybe you get broadcasted or famous or, or you know, on the radio, on the television. That's all I knew about it. Or sometimes you go to coaches or sometimes you go, but no one ever taught me what Tel Aviv taught me, which is it's not about you find the game, it's you work on it. You kill yourself for it. I did street shows. I started doing street shows here which in New York is looked at as like, oh my God, they must be homeless. <laughs> but it's not. Because you, you, uh, it's almost like you have too much, of a, too much pride in the States. You can't do a street show. Here, the municipality pays me to do street shows, <laughs> which is amazing because not only am I making a living from my work, but it's the biggest challenge. I have to earn my audience. I'm standing on a street corner playing music, and these people have to stop. it. Like I have to make them stop. To if they like me. If, if they don't stop, I, you know, I failed. If they stop and listen to me, then I did it. But that's how you, it's like the constant, constantly working on yourself, constantly also, it really drives you to think outside the box. What can I do to get there? What can I do to get there? And how much can I do myself? Because not everyone is super reliable in every country, not just here, just in general. Right. So what I got to doing here was I got here and I said, all right, I want to be a singer. I want to be an actress. I want to be, you know, I want to start working in television. I want it. So I said, how can I, what can I do to 
start getting there, the first thing I want to do is test myself. So like when I did that video, it's not that I did the video because I was like, I have to get this rant out and I need people to hear me. No, I was like, I have this rant. I'm going to get it out on my phone and let's see if I can put something together with it. And that was, that's me. It's always me testing myself. I have like a bunch of rants on my phone that are not funny that I won't release because I'm like, I, I don't like that one. I don't like that one. But slowly you learn about what clicks, what kind of, if it's facial expressions, if it's uh, just feeling comfortable with a camera. If you think about it, it's funny because people feel so uncomfortable with cameras. And I sometimes, when I'm with an audience and a camera, I don't notice the camera. I don't notice anything. When it's just me and my selfie camera, I'm like, well, this is awkward. I'm with me and my selfie camera. Like, it's just me alone with myself and I'm feeling awkward. So that's like really, it's funny because every person's different, but you, you, you figure out the ways to like just overcome your own obstacles by yourself. And I think that if I went back to the States now, knowing what I know and after having done what I've done, uh, as opposed to having stayed there the whole time and tried to do it the American way or the way that was in my head right. previously as the American way, um, I would be so much more, like a thousand times more successful today. Because of what you've done here. Because of what I've done here. Because this country puts, this country, even if you don't draft into the army, this country is army service. This country is like, we are giving you, this is boot camp. Like, learn how to deal. But then you have the tools and you know how to deal. And it's amazing. I think it makes you so strong and super capable. You just have to not be afraid to get your hands dirty. Beautifully said. Tell me, in general, not just with work and the career and the profession and the performing and all the different things you're doing and you've done and you're planning to do, what's your favorite part of Tel Aviv? Because you've been living here for almost six years now. It really changes. Um, It changes with, I think, my... um, I think it changes with, I don't know, my, my own personal growth. It changes... A lot with my um, maturity, with my level of sobriety. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think when I first got here, I loved the clubs. I loved just the nightlife. Not 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 just. It wasn't about drinking. It was about the fact that you leave the house and the city is alive all the time. If you couldn't sleep at four o'clock in the morning, you were like, I just need, I need some kind of, I don't know, uh, hasha. I, of course, I'm thinking of the Hebrew word first, but I need some kind of, um, like, some kind of, something to inspire me, inspiration. I'd go out, and at 4 o'clock in the morning, you can find a place that's packed with people. On a school night, like, on Wednesday. It's crazy. And so that was, like, my first, I think, year and a half here. I loved that, my first two years. Then I started getting into the music scene. And then I loved, then I noticed all of a sudden, that there's so much art all over Tel Aviv. You just have to be aware of it. You literally just have to open your eyes. There are street artists, and there are shows, 10 shows in 10 different places in, you know, walking distance in Tel Aviv every night. And then besides that, there's, um, there's you know, there's theater, and then there's the graffiti, and there's sculptures, and there are just things that you don't even notice until you notice them. Right. And then you're like, oh, my God, this is insane. After the music, um, it's funny because I recently got really into f- food. <laughs> it's a weird thing to say because I don't just mean like the hummus and the falafel, but I mean like there are so many spots in Tel Aviv that just serve 
so like just crazy different. I had this conversation with a person last night where he said to me, what's your favorite restaurant? I said, no, I just said, no, I don't have a favorite restaurant. I have a favorite dish at a million different restaurants. So like there's a bar that's right around, uh, where I live on our Lozarov, on Dizengoff, uh, close to our Lozarov, it's called Fasada. They serve truffle hummus. I've never tried truffle hummus except for there. It's amazing, but it's a it's a bar, but it's a bar with a kitchen, and I love it. There's another place called La Otra. La Otra is in the Imperial Hotel. La Otra in Spanish literally means the other one, because everyone knows the Imperial Bar. It's like famous for its cocktails, and La Otra is the other bar in the Imperial Hotel. It's got like a really I want to say Mexican. It's like it's a lot of Mexican food. Um, it's a they have like a really wide variety of tequila and mezcal based drinks, and they have incredible ceviche there, fish tacos, and they make a mean uh, old fashioned on like a mezcal based old fashioned. Old fashioned is a whiskey drink, I think right? Um, but just there are so many places in the city that I love that specific dish, like there's a hamburger 26. It's on McVeigh Israel, like a block away from, um, Menachem Begin. They have a hamburger that is, it's a hamburger with, um, smoked goose breast with like sweet potato, like really, really skinny, crispy sweet potato chips and truffle aioli. I, I always get it without the blue cheese because it's not kosher. But they've, it also comes with blue cheese if you want. But they've got just crazy things in the city. And so I, I lately got into food. Then I gained weight. And I was like, you know what? Now I'm going to start getting to gym. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm trying to get into like the whole fitness thing, trying to walk. But there's everywhere you go, if you're looking for something, you can find it in the city. And Absolutely. it's incredible. What about the least favorite thing you have? Cause obviously it's not all smiles and rainbows oh and fairy tales. You know, there's a few things that you probably could say I could do without that. What would be one of those things? Oh, wow. I, I, there's not just one. There are so many. I can't even like the one that pops into my mind probably isn't the most crucial of them, but like I could really do without people that leave their dogs poop on the sidewalk. Right. Because I always step in it always because I don't look down when I'm who looks down when they're walking. I look up. I have a smile on my face. I'm happy to be alive. I don't watch the floor while I walk, although I probably should now. Although there's really poop coming in all directions because then the other thing that I like a little less than, um, I dislike a little less than dog poop because dog poop I think is a little more prevalent, is the bat poop. Because in a lot of a lot of places in the city, they have bats flying around Tel Aviv. Now, I'm not scared of bats and they also don't attack. Like I literally have never heard of one time when a bat attacked a person a bat one time flew into my shoulder, but I think it was accidental. Right. Like, oh, I didn't see you there. My bad. Yeah. I was like, what are you, blind? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Yes. That's our blind in case you don't know. No, I know. Oh, just making sure. Yeah. Okay. Good I enough. knew they were nocturnal. Right. But they're also blind. Okay. Interesting. Um, so uh, they use, I think, echolocation. Like, they're little chirps, and then they can kind of comes back to them. I used to watch a lot. You're also of, a zoologist. Apparently. I used to watch a lot of National Geographic. I love <laughs> animals. I love animals. I do. Um, yesterday I had a really nice bonding moment with like the three kittens that live outside my building. Um, do you have names for them? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. I did adopt a cat. Uh, I can't tell you its name because it's inappropriate. <laughs> but just think of another name for cat and then you've got it. <laughs> That's what I named him. Um, so it's the dog poop and then the bat poop because the one thing that they do is that they, they do on you. Right. Um, which is annoying. 
and because it's huge, but uh, it's, it's horrible. Um, another, th I don't know, just things that I, that I like about Tel Aviv that I dislike or about Israel. Tel Aviv, let's say. I wouldn't say dislike. I would just say it's a culture shock. Even today, after six years, it's still a culture shock when the, I don't know, when you're trying to get on a bus and you're so clearly waiting behind the person who's in front of you, who's just taking their time getting on the bus, the bus driver closes the doors on you while you have your foot, you're halfway in. Then when you go, hello, I'm, I'm stuck between your doors, he opens the doors and then yells at you. So that's just the one thing where I'm like, how I can't win here. Right. I can't win. It's like some, there's, you know, a, a cyclist that like drives by me and kind of like nicks my bag. And then they kind of, you know, go a little off balance, yell at me because they nicked my bag as they were driving by. Like, how was I supposed to know that you were coming up from behind me? You didn't ring your bell. You're also not supposed to be on the sidewalk. Although, to be honest, I think it's more dangerous in the street. That's a whole, that's a whole different rant that I have. Though. Right. Um, but this country will, I don't think I will ever get used to living in this country. People are rude, but I love it. They're impatient, but I love it. It's like I, I, I look around and I actually laugh at all of the things that people find annoying. Because I just know that it's not, first of all, it's not me. So I'm happy about that. But it's also, it's almost like, so what? So somebody yelled at you. You can tell that that person is clearly a lot more miserable than you are. Let it go. Let it go. Some lady yelled at me because I left my, um, my neighbor yelled at me because I left my, uh, my light on in the living room. And I don't know why she lives across the hall from me, but she claims that the light in the living room go, shines out of the kitchen window. That is the size of my head. It's tiny. The kitchen window. It's also milky glass. So it's not even like it's a super, like you, you get really like nothing, probably what she would get from a street lamp. She says that it shines right into her bedroom. It's funny because my living room light is on the other side of the room and her bedroom is the, it's, it's not even our, she's my across the hall neighbor, <laughs> which means that her bedroom would have to have a window that somehow goes on a weird, like 90 angle trajectory from 90 degree, it's, it just, it, it doesn't make sense, but I just kind of went with it. She yelled at me for leaving my living room light on. So I was standing there for like 30 minutes while she was just telling me how I kept her awake all night by leaving the light on. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And I, I called her softa by accident because it just reminded, like I, like it was the kind of thing where I was like, you must be my family. If you're, I was like, I'm so sorry, softa. And she didn't even catch it. She was just like, it's fine. Just next time, don't do it. And I don't even mean to be rude. I just said softer because I just felt like she, for somebody to be giving me that long of a lecture, you we must be related if you feel that comfortable <laughs> with me. All right. I don't know. Let's move into our quick hitter segment. These are quick questions for me, quick answers from you. <laughs> quick answers for me. Okay, I'll try. Tel Aviv in one word. Awesome. What's one thing in Tel Aviv that you've never experienced in any other city in the world? I can't do that one word. It's like one sentence, though. A concert on the beach. Like on the sand, actually. <laughs> I did it. It was me singing. It was awesome. <laughs> I know you said you don't have an answer to this question, but I'm uh, going to ask it anyway. Okay. And I'm demanding an answer. Okay. What's your favorite restaurant in Tel Aviv? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I've been there. Oh. On Disney Go? Good one, right? It's yeah. crazy. No, I don't. I can't even think of one. 
Because it really depends. I, do you, I don't know. Am I having a sushi day? Am I having a hamburger Oh, day? yeah. Best sushi in Tel Aviv. Food. What's your favorite local food? I it's it's more like local evolved food. It's the truffle hummus. Truffle hummus. It's the truffle hummus. You're really talking that place up. It's dope. You've no it sounds idea. good actually. It's incredible. You know what? I'll I'll continue to talk it up. They have happy hour. I think every day, uh, every weekday until nine, like maybe from six till nine or six till eight or whatever it is, where. The drinks are fifty percent off, I think, or one plus one, and the food is thirty percent off. So, besides the fact that it's not even that expensive to begin with, you can get it for even cheaper if you go after work. And the truffle hummus. And the truffle hummus is—that's what I go for. I don't even drink; I just go there to eat truffle hummus. And when you do drink, are you going Arak or Gold Star? It depends. Is it winter or summer? It's summer right now. In the summer, I'm going Gold Star. In the winter, I go Arak. Falafel or hummus? Hummus. Sabih or Jachnun? Jachnun for sure. Florentine or the Old North? Old North for sure. What's your favorite Hebrew word or saying? Ooh, my favorite Hebrew word or saying? And we don't accept Sababa. A lot of people like to say that No, Sababa is passe. <laughs> Sababa is so passe. No, I would say Baduk. Bull. But I say it with an, with an American accent. So if, I say, if I say Baduk, it sounds like, okay. But if I go, yeah, Baduk. Okay, the voice that you did like 15 minutes ago. The Israeli voice? No, the voice from the... The little guy. That one. Uh-huh. Say Baduk in that voice. Baduk. Nice. <laughs> What's your favorite Israeli brand? Boutique. Anna Sinai. It's on Dizingoff 125. She makes clothing that is exactly for my body. Sorry. Oh, really isn't there a, like a coffee place right called Boutique? Right Oh. I was like maybe. nodding my head oh, like, no. oh, I love that coffee uh, place. No, it's a little clothing boutique. It's like maybe, it's, it's tiny. Um, but she makes all the stuff. She designs it and it's super quality. It's really fairly priced. And she, and it's just not like, it's not everything you see all over Tel Aviv, which is what I love. It's She does just her stuff. What's your advice to new Hebrew speakers about learning the language and that whole thing? The one thing that I can say with almost 100% certainty for every single person. As a new Hebrew speaker, if you want to learn the culture, if you want to learn the language, throw yourself into it. I don't, I'm not telling you to leave your American friends behind. I don't believe in that, you know. I love, I, I love, you know, Anglos and everything, but I think that if you really want to throw, to, to learn about it and feel it, go live in it. Go live with Israelis, go make Israeli friends, go challenge yourself every day. Don't be embarrassed. I don't care if people say, but I am embarrassed. Don't be. Just stop being. Stutter. If you if you stutter when you're embarrassed, then stutter until you stop stuttering. Like, say every wrong word. And I have so many stories where I've said the the absolute, like, I somebody asked me for um, um, a mazleg, which is a fork, when I used a waitress, like, years ago. And I turned on the mazgan, which is the air conditioning. <laughs> I just got confused. I one time asked for um, uh, glulot. Which I, I wanted to ask for gliliot. They're these little like rolled up like cookies when they put them on your yogurt sometimes. And I asked for glulot, which is birth control. Like I've done, I've made every single mistake. But if you laugh it off, or even if you don't, but you'll learn it. And that's the most amazing thing is if you want to learn it, there's not there's no reason to delay it with fears or just being hesitant. Just just throw yourself into it. People will be impatient because that's this country. So they'll be impatient whether or not you speak. 
you know, it, just just do it. That's all. Tell us more about the jewelry brand, as oh. well as a few other things that you are working on for the future. Okay, uh, the jewelry brand. I have two lines. I have. I don't know if they can see it on Facebook. This line, it's silver. Just I do silver and gold filled. Um, it's the stuff that I make by hand. And then there's this line, which is uh, it's diamonds and, and gold and all that fabulous stuff. And that I have, um, I design it, and I actually have it made in New York. And I have my own designs, and I think that it's really important for them to mean something. So, like, this one's a, an infinity. It's just pave diamonds. Um, I have another one that's, like, an evil eye. Uh, and the little, the little eye part in the middle is a disc that flips. And on, it's also just all diamonds. On one side, there's a, a peace sign. On the other side, there's a heart. I call it my I love peace. Hmm. Um, I just, I think it's important. It might be a little kitschy, but I love having things that, jewelry that's sentimental, that represents something that you love. Um, so that's stuff I have made in New York. And uh, I've actually, I don't have a website yet. I'm working on it. But I've been selling it just literally word of mouth. People see it. I've had people buy pieces off me before. It's incredible. It's such a good feeling too to know that I don't even I don't try to promote things. People ask me where it's from, and I say, "Oh, I make it." You know what? I was like, "Do you want? Do you want to try it?" <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Okay, sure. It's the greatest feeling in the world because I'm really horrible at selling myself. So it just if I have somebody to sell my stuff for me, then I'm like, "This is great. I'll make it. You sell it. I don't mind representing it." But to to be the one to do the actual exchanges. Like, it's really trying for, for an artistic soul, I think. And what about some of the other projects that you're working on right now? So we have a show that we just filmed the second episode, which was actually my first episode. Um, it's called Tech Talk TLV, or Tech Talk T Tel Aviv, the Tech Talk show. That's how it is on Facebook, the Tech Talk show. Um, and it is, uh, it's me and a British man named Johnny Kaplan. He's great. And he's single, ladies, I think. <laughs> And he's cute. Um, and we are the two hosts. And we basically are kind of putting a spotlight on all of the incredible startups and, and innovation coming out of Tel Aviv. Uh, tech, most of it's really technology-based. Like yesterday we did, um, maybe I shouldn't tell anyone. Maybe I should get you guys to watch the show. But uh, it's, it's cool, actually. It's um, these Legos that actually teach children how to code. They teach children coding. It's Legos with like sensors in them and you've got a control board and you can actually build your Lego and then build the code and have it do what your code tells it to do. It's incredible. Only in Israel, right? Only in Israel. But they're, but I think they've already, uh, actually, I'm not going to give you information. Watch the show. I'll give you a link. Awesome. Anything <laughs> but, um, else you want to tell us about that you're working on? Wow. A lot. I don't know if I can tell you about it though. Well, there's just, you know. Here and there, I think there might be uh, something on Israeli television um, starting next year, maybe. Uh, English comedy. Not me being the comedian, actually. Funny thing. But me with comedians. My boys. I love them. Um, there's always stuff in the works. There's always recording. Feel free to follow me or contact me. Ask me questions. If anybody needs... This is honest, though. Like, for real. Forget about the work. Forget about the, the dubbing, the singing. If anybody needs advice or help with kind of just getting in the know, making connections um, in Israel. I mean, like, I don't mean making connections like I want to meet that superstar. I mean, like, somebody wants to just 
learn or experience or advice about what to do in this situation, that situation. I like everyone should feel free to contact me. I feel like I did everything kind of by myself. And on one hand, I feel like nobody should have to. On the other hand, I would recommend it because it's the most empowering feeling after you've done it. Um, that's about it, I think. Just, you know, feel free. I'm an open book. That's a great way to end the podcast. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Jesse. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having Jesse me, Jesse Katz in studio. Discover the real Israeli Hebrew that will get you feeling and sounding like a local. At Citizen Cafe, we use a fresh, dynamic, and highly effective approach while bringing much-needed light and laughter to learning spoken everyday Hebrew. Join our community of students in the heart of Tel Aviv's startup scene with intimate classes that revolve around your schedule so you can gain confidence in your Hebrew and apply it in the real world. To check out our course schedule, head over to citizencafetlv.com.